34. We're going to continue in the series that we started last week called Restore. As we've been going through this year, of course, we know that we're moving from a place of brokenness to wholeness. Jesus Christ is our healer. And so that's the focus that Foursquare has for this year. And we've uh, tagged along with that and, and talked about the ways that Jesus does restore throughout this year. And so we have this Sunday and next Sunday before John and Helen Jenkins are here. Um, and then we start our Christmas series. Isn't that crazy? Um, that that's already going to be happening. But we're, we're moving again from a place of brokenness uh, to a place of wholeness. And then the last part of this year, we've really been keying in on the fact that it's only, this only happens by the presence of God. We have to invite his presence into our life, you know, just making that conscious effort to say, God, I know that your presence is there, but I receive that even into my situation today, into my life. And just because you're holy, you are good. And so um, today what we're titling this message in Restore is called Broken, Mended, and second winded, just because it rhymes. I mean, no other reason than it rhymes. And really, it does have a little bit of a thing that we're going to be carrying uh, throughout the day. But if you've lived life long enough, and really, it doesn't have to be that long, honestly, um, but you've faced some broken times in your life. Anybody else in here? You faced a broken time in your life where just a relationship, a, a job, um, anything like that, you're losing a loved one, that there's been a place. So, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, didn't he? He came to heal the brokenhearted, and that was his uh, purpose in coming, to obviously restore relationship to the Father, but to heal the broken in the middle of that. Life is full of brokenness, setbacks, pain, cruelty, and hurt. Now I'm starting to sound like my grandparents, but the reality is there. Life is full of those type of things. Now, prayerfully, that's not something that defines our life, right? I mean, we, we face it, but we don't want it, that to define our life particularly. What I want us to see today as we're talking about this brokenness, that God does bring restoration. He brings healing. He mends those areas, and he gives you your second wind. How many runners do we have in the room? Maybe you've run at least it. Doug. I didn't say how many people lie. I said how many runners. Maybe you used to run. Anybody used to run? You have run, right? You get through this one point. I used to run, right? My brother was chasing me, and I would have to run. I used to run, but there came a point where I needed a second wind, or I got my second wind, and it's like, I can actually finish this thing. Well, we wanna, I want us to hit on that near the end of the message today, just that whole idea of having a second wind, because those moments where you are broken— Maybe you face this point, too, uh, in your life where you just wanted to give up. And I'm not necessarily talking about just giving up on life, period. All of that ship, trying my finances, uh, this job offer, this, that, the other. Is it even worth it? But because of the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit and God working for us, he does. He, in a sense, gives us a spiritual second wind in that, even in the midst of brokenness, setbacks, pain, cruelty, and hurt. We have been, as a staff, we have taken the last, this will be our seventh week, is that right? Our seventh week, and a study that we're eventually going to bring to the church. It may take a little bit because we were going through different degrees of different training and all of this. Anyway, it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And so one of the things that I have been learning in this is I like to, at times, just because of my personality, I will try to cover up any type of hurt that I have. Um, like if I've been hurt in one way, I, I may try to cover that up and maybe even suppress that. But, you know, that is the most unhealthy thing that you can do. 
And I don't, I don't think I was raised that way necessarily, but it's just, maybe it's a guy thing. Maybe it's not just a guy thing, but I tend to suppress those type of things. Right. And, um, but where do we find true healing is when, for example, if you go to the doctor, you don't just sit there on his table and say, okay, guess what's wrong with me? Now, sometimes we may feel like that depending on the health situation, but we give, we tell what our symptoms are. You know, God wants us to come before him and to open up our heart as we'll see David did. As a matter of fact, um, Mark chapter uh, 14 today, and there was even a time where Jesus was facing brokenness and he poured out him, his heart to, to his father. Verse 34, he said, he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Now, here is Jesus, a man who says, I have so much grief that my soul feels like it's at the point of death. He faced these type of things that you and I may face as well. This whole idea of brokenness, you know, Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. If not, not my will, but your will be done. So we see even Jesus went through these things. Um, didn't try to cover up the pain as I can tend to do or am working on not doing anymore. In fact, I'm discovering that when we try to cover it up or deny the hurt and pain, it actually makes our situation worse. It's unbiblical. We're taught things like Christians should, shouldn't face hurt and pain, and if you do, Jesus will immediately take it away. Well, that's not always the case either. Sometimes our hurt and our pain has to be worked through, right? God begins to reveal things to us to show us how to work through these things. Really, he's showing us that through the presence of his Holy Spirit that he can answer all those questions. He can help us through those moments, and that's his desire to do that. Yes, we do cast our burdens on him, as the Bible says, but the Bible does talk extensively about grief and pain. And good, and you don't want to read through Lamentations. <laughs> read the book of Job. You know, we just, we're going through that one right now. I mean, that's one of those books that you're thinking, wow, we're going to get some spiritual encouragement from here today. No, these are real life situations where people were facing brokenness and hurt and pain. But in that, in those stories, there's also a story of redemption. You look at Job, he got a second wind. He, he never denied God during the whole situation that he went through. He continued to love the Lord, and we see how God brought him through. It took a while, but he brought him through. A question I asked myself as I was doing this, how can Jesus heal my pain? How can he heal our pain and brokenness if we refuse to acknowledge it, right? If I, it's not even here, I don't even have this, then we're not exposing that before God. Now, granted, God is all powerful. He can instantly, miraculously do things. There does come a part uh, that we do have, though, that we have to acknowledge this pain before him to say, God, I'm hurting in this area and I need you to take this. Jesus came to bring wholeness to the brokenhearted. Luke chapter 4, I had you turn there. Just going to read verses 18 and 19. Because in, in this verse, we're going to see where Jesus quoted a prophecy about his whole purpose even of coming. Okay, He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. So here you have all these instances where 
People are facing difficulties, captivity, uh, just spiritually and some actually physically there was a captivity that was happening. Uh, People needing to be healed, people who are feeling oppressed that they would be set free. And here comes the second win part in all of this, that the time of the Lord's favor has come. These people were looking for a Messiah in in this particular uh, time of history. They were looking for their Messiah. They had been waiting on here and Jesus was saying, I am here. You've been waiting, you've faced this brokenness, you face faced this rejection, I am here. Jesus came to bring wholeness to the broken. How many literary, like you love literature, Ernest Hemingway, you've heard of him, anybody in here you like, some, just a few people, right? I'm not huge on literary stuff, but anyway, this is a cool quote from Ernest Hemingway. This is his book, A Farewell to Arms, and listen to what he says, the world breaks everyone And afterward, many are strong in the broken places. But those that will not break, it kills. It kills the very good, it kills the very gentle, and the very brave impartially. Let me read that again. The world breaks everyone, and not break, it kills. It kills the very good, it kills the very gentle, and the very brave impartially. Anybody in here ever broken a bone before? Rachel just like kicked Dean, about broke his bone there. Dean, you've broken several bones in your lifetime, all from doing stuff that made sense and that was smart choices in your life, not taking any chances every time, right? Who, who else do you say you've broken a bone in here? Anybody? Wow, there's a lot of people that's broken bones in here. Gabe, I remember when, you guys remember, was it three years ago that Gabe broke his leg? He was out on his scooter and just scootering along and he planted his leg and his leg went out from underneath him or folded underneath him. I'm not a medical doctor, but uh, from what I hear, when a bone is broken, as it begins to heal and is restored, it's stronger in that place of brokenness. So Gabe has a very strong, at least in places, tibia and fibia in those places because he had a broken bone. Dean, you're a really strong guy. Your bones are like super strong, Mr. Daredevil. Uh, but that's, that's what this is talking about. Many are strong in the broken places. And then this last part, those that will not break, it kills. It kills the very good. It kills the very gentle, the very brave impartially. And I think this speaks to those who are unwilling to break. Those who are unwilling to allow God to do and those are the moments where we must rely on the Holy Spirit to come in and bring the healing. Because when the Holy Spirit comes in and bring the healing, then of course, that area of life is much stronger. How do we make it through loss? You know, I look out and I see many of you, you've lost loved ones. Maybe you've lost relationships, jobs, anything it may be. But it's only by God's grace that we can get through brokenness. We've lost a lot of friends throughout the lifetime, throughout our lifetime, um, just in ministry, friendships, whatever it may be. And as I look back upon those times and I think, you know, really it was God that carried us through those moments. It, it truly was. It was God who carried us and helped us in those moments. And honestly, coming out on this side of the losses that, that we've experienced over life, you know, we can tell that God strengthened us through those moments. And because he strengthened us in those moments, what are we able to do? Minister to other people. Kind of got a second wind in that area. Only by God's grace can we get through the brokenness. And what I want to emphasize this morning is that Jesus does have to do it. Jesus has to be the one who does that. 
The only way to come out of a setback stronger is to allow God to put you back together. Our hope in God grows stronger and our faith increases because we saw him do it once. And the next time we come up against an opportunity of brokenness, we know he will do it again. God that we, we uh, experienced, I know that you'll do it again. It doesn't feel very good right now, but God, you will do it again. Make no mistake, anytime you face brokenness and pain and rejection and hurt, it will hurt. God wants us to let him know about it. Again, look at, the, look at King David. Look at his life. And half the Psalms, it seems like he's just lamenting before the Lord. The book of Lamentations, all these things. Nothing in this world can put brokenness back together. We turn to all kinds of things, don't we? Medication, just different things to, heal, to, to maybe mask the brokenness. Um, different groups that we may go to. And there's nothing wrong within groups. There's nothing wrong with medicine, right? When those, those times that you need it um, and, and are needing to get through those type of things. So I'm not necessarily, I'm not coming against those things. But what I am saying is there's nothing in this world that can truly put our brokenness back together. The Holy Spirit ultimately heals. There's a lot of things that can mask the pain, but the Holy Spirit heals. Think of the nursery rhyme. And a lot of the nursery rhymes, by the way, were written at a time where the gospel could not be shared in these different countries. And so people would think of clever ways to tell the gospel without actually telling the gospel. You know, they would, that way they wouldn't be discovered in all of those. One of the nursery rhymes is called Humpty Dumpty. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. That was speaking to the strength of the government. That was speaking to the strength of the military, all these different things. Couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Couldn't do it. The things of the world can mask. The things of the world can you know, medicate or whatever, but ultimate healing only comes through Jesus. I want to say this too. Your brokenness may look differently than others. The way that you are broken. We don't all face the same things. We don't all face the same type of brokenness in life. But it may look different than, some, than other people that may be uh, around you. Some brokenness looks like a loss, whether it be of a loved one, a job, failed relationships, your finances, emotionally, physical type of things. But Jesus heals. You know, this past week, we... Um, I took my Suburban in for just the normal yearly service. This is an 05 Suburban, so it's kind of old, but it still runs really good. And uh, it's a nice vehicle. It gets us around where we need to be, and we can get a lot of other people around to different things. Um, anyway, I took it to Jerry, and uh, last time I got an oil change, everything looked fine in it. I mean, it, you know, brakes look good, um, all, no leaks, any of these things. Well, my... There was a thousand dollars worth of repairs that need to happen. Just hold on. Oh, there, thousand dollars worth of stuff that's needing to happen. And um, so anyway, I'm calling Stasha. I'm on the way home. I'm on the phone, and I hear Gabe in the background almost screaming. And then I hear Stasha. What? 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 What is it? And so I'm on the other end, like, what's going on? You know, you have those moments. And she said, I don't know. The oven just blew up. And I'm like, what do you mean it just blew up? So my first concern, honestly, admittedly, was not, is everybody okay? 
because I had just heard news that my Suburban needed a lot of work done, my first thought was, how much is this going to cost us? <laughs> That's not the first thing I said, though. The first thing I said was, is everybody okay? It's in these moments, financially, whatever. By the way, let me say this. God has already provided for that. You know, God, he just, he gives us wisdom. We're able to save money, all these type of things. Praise the Lord for that. But Jesus is able to take care of those things. God's healing, let me say this as well. God's healing comes through grace and it comes through truth. God will give you grace to heal in the areas where you need healing. The truth of his truth shall set you free. I will say this. Oftentimes in our life, the pain that we may face, the brokenness that we may face, sometimes it's my own fault. But the truth of God's word will bring correction and show me the right way so that I follow in his way as well. God's grace is provided while we grieve. We worship in truth in the midst of pain because in worshiping him, we are choosing not to blame God for what has happened. Think about King David. When he and Bathsheba lost their first child, what did David immediately do when he got the news that his child was dead? He went to the temple and he worshiped God. I don't know that I would be in that place. I hope I would. I'm training myself that anytime I face brokenness, I immediately go to the Lord and I pray and I worship him. Because in worshiping God, we are choosing to not blame him for what has happened. Because the Bible tells us this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy God has come to give life. But here's what the thief, here's what the enemy, here's what Satan will do. He will cause you to try or try to cause you to blame God. But the ultimate healing comes when we begin to worship him in spirit and truth. And so we pray and this helps in our recovery. This morning in first service, Miss Beth was here and she gave a testimony about how God brought along just a few years ago. So uh, Luke recorded this. Uh, she had to get home. So this is just from this morning's service. So let's watch this video of how God brought healing in Miss Beth's life. Connie battled cancer for seven years. At the end of five years, they gave her to be able to Within six months, it had come back in her vengeance, in her bones, in which the doctor told us bone cancer will never kill you. It will break through the bones and it will go into all the other organs of your body, and that's what will kill you. We watched her go through excruciating pain for two years. <laughs> and the thing was, she never missed a Sunday in church. She showed what God could do. And there used to be a little something spring up in me because we'd say something to somebody who wasn't in church that Sunday and they'd say, oh, I have a headache. Or well, my leg was hurting. Well, I was a little bit tired. And I would look over in that special chair we moved into the church for her. And I would see the pain she was in. And I think touched us in a way that as we labored for as her son, especially labored to get her to church every Sunday. And the week before she died, she said to me, Mom, I think this is my last Sunday in church. I think this is probably my last Sunday in your house. 
We felt the breaking and the hurt and the pain and the following week. They had to rush her to the hospital. And in that time in the hospital, we thought she was doing better. Her counts were coming up. But the doctor walked in the room and called me out of the room and he said, all he said was, the time is up. And he turned and walked away with no really real preparation for what he was saying or anything in our hearts. But on, that was on Friday that we took her home from the hospital. And Sunday, which was Mother's Day and her son's 18th birthday, God took her home. There were a lot of people gathered around her bed that day, praying, praising God. Our own, I've had miracles in my life. I have seen miracles in the lives of other people, but it seemed as though God's miracle was to take her home. And that evening, early evening, she passed away. And it was like everything in you broke. If you're a mother, you know what I'm saying. I think mothers feel these things probably more than anybody else. Because we look at, we look at these things and we say, we look at these things and we say, I gave birth to that child. We were close to this child. You know, some of your kids you're not quite as close to. <laughs> some of them, they don't want you to be as close to. But this one told us everything. This one came home to us after every upset in school, everything that happened in school. She met with us and talked to us about it. She was close to us, and we were close to her. But we found this, or I did. I was lying on the floor beside her bed, just worshiping the Lord. And you say, how can you worship at a time like that? Because that's the only strength that I found that I have. It hurt. There was pain. There was pain for a long time. There's still pain at times when we think about losing her. But there's one thing about it. God, if you turn to him, God can take those broken moments. Mm -hmm. And right. he can bring you to a place of greater love and greater compassion Amen. and reaching out. Amen. When she was a teenager, we went to the beach. We were camping. And the grommet, one of the grommets or something on the camera wasn't working. And we went into town to pick it up, to get it repaired there. And when we came back into the campground, the ranger said, uh, I had some bad news to do. We had to rush your daughter to the hospital. I had just finished reading the book from Prison to Praise. And uh, if any of you haven't read those books, they'll help you learn to praise God. And I said, well, thank you, Lord. This became a standing joke <laughs> with my family. Mom, how could you ever say, thank you, Lord? And I said, because that was my lifeline right at that moment. Uh, she had been stung by a stingray, and she had a bad reaction to it. And they said she probably would not be able to get out of camp for all week. The next day, she was in the ocean playing. So God always do it. 
if you try praise first, you'll find the battle will go much better. If you know Miss Beth, you know she's an amazing lady, right? She's an amazing lady. And of course, that gives you an idea, a little bit of an idea of um, where she has turned. And, you know, Miss Beth, uh, I've known of her for a long time and, of course, known her just for the past several years. But that truly is her mantra. Um, she's here on Wednesday mornings for our prayer time. We, By the way, anybody who's available at 10 o'clock on Wednesday mornings, we have a prayer time in here for about an hour. Uh, we just kind of divide up and just pray on our own. But most Wednesdays, she's here on the front, kneeling before the Lord, literally crying out to God and praying. And it's her lifeline. There's a lot that's on her. But uh, everything that she says, by the way, she lives out. God's healing comes through grace and truth. We're going to now turn to Psalm chapter 34 that Doug read at the beginning of service. And um, just kind of skip over some of these verses here. So if you want to turn there, we'll be reading some of these. And I want to go back to this scripture and I want to show you that how David reacted when life produced brokenness in his life. He was showing that God was close in that very difficult time of her life. Because God's have, God has promises for those who breaks, uh, to those who face brokenness. Psalm 34, 4 there, uh, the verse says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. So the first thing that we see there, God promises uh, to deliver us from our fear. You know, it's in the moments of brokenness that you may feel that fear, fearfulness. What's next? God, how is this going to work out? God promises that in his word, he will deliver you from fear. Maybe he has delivered you from fear. Let me say this as we go into this. Maybe you've never faced anything major in your life. You will. And again, that's not a downer, right? But that's just, you will at some point in your life. This is the truth of God's word to hold on to for those moments, okay? Just hold on to those moments. Maybe you've never faced anything really big, but you still face issues and you're thinking to yourself, well, you know what, there's people around this world, we addressed this last week, by the way, there's people around this world that have much more difficult issues than I did, and God doesn't need to be bothered by my particular small thing that I have going on. You know what, God is big enough that he can handle every single situation that you may face, whether it's big, whether it's small. Uh, this morning I told first service, I'm like, you know, I've been in the kids' churches and services before, or my kids when they were little. Does anybody have any prayer requests? And the kids go, the butterfly's wing fell off. You know, they'll come up with just silly things. You know, God is concerned about the little hearts of those kids who are concerned about a butterfly's wing that fell off. Nothing is too small for him. Nothing is too big for him. There are not so many situations that he cannot handle. So as I said last week, and I want to encourage you in this, stop limiting God by saying there are people who have it worse than I do, so he doesn't need to be concerned about my situation. Is it true God has big things to deal with? Yes. Is it true that he can handle all of them? Absolutely. He's a big God. He is all-powerful. He promises to deliver us from our fear. Secondly, save me from, for verse 6, in my desperation I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. God promises to save us from our troubles. That's good news. Will you face troubles? Yes. But God promises that he will save you from them. 
Thirdly, Psalm uh, verse 7, for the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. God promises to guard us. When you see that word angel of the Lord, most of the times in the, in the Old Testament, that's talking about Jesus himself. It was a pre-incarnate Jesus. But the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. He promises to be our guard. Think of this, parents. You know, you see your kid in some type of danger. What do you do? You surround them. You protect them the best that you can, don't you? Well, the same thing with Jesus. He promises that he will guard us. Fourthly, in verse 9, fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. God supplies all of our needs. Just like I told a few moments ago. And we've all been there where this breaks and then you're on the way home and you find out this broke. And then you're on the way home and you find out that this bill is due and you thought you had all this taken care of. God promises that he will supply it all. He supplies all. The eyes, verse 15 uh, and we're going to read verses 15 and verse 17. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. Verse 17, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. God will listen when you cry out to him. We have a God who hears and who listens, who's not just not paying attention to us. Now, parents, I think we've been guilty of that. We may be in the middle of watching a show on TV or in the middle of working something. And then, you know, our kid comes up to us and they'll talk and it's like we don't even hear them. <laughs> we've been guilty of that. That's not God. That's not him. He listens. He hears. There's no distraction where he doesn't hear us. He will listen when we cry out to him. Sixthly, this is our memory verse. So let's read this together. This is verse 18. You ready? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That's a great verse, isn't it? A great verse of assurance that God is close to the brokenhearted. He will rescue those whose spirits are crushed. So sixth, he will come to restore you in your state of brokenness. You need to hear this today. He will come in your state of brokenness to heal. And you know what? Maybe he's working Maybe he's working, as Miss Beth said at times, while for uh, her to get over this pain, and they still face it at times. But God is working on their on her behalf, her and Ink both. He is working, and he is working on your behalf to bring wholeness to the places of brokenness. David instructs us to praise. Uh, if you look at verse 1, this is not on the screen here. Uh, it says this, though, in Psalm 34, I will praise the Lord just sometimes. When times are good, does he say that? Nope. Dean's like, oh, I'm fact checking you there, bro. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praise. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Verse three, come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. There's a pastor who's in Alabama. He's a four-square pastor. His name is Huey Hudson. He is an amazing man of God. I hope you get to meet him. Isn't he awesome? Uh, by the way, this is Nicole. She works at the district office. Everybody say hi, Nicole. She may or may not like Mo. Um, <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> Do you feel the love, Mo? Oh, 
Huey Hudson, he's part of our district. He actually, he's um, part of the cabinet, right? The four square. Most important part of that and the district council, all these type of things. Wonderful, amazing man of God. Most important, all his credentials. He loves Jesus and it is very evident. Here's what he said. There are some things we will never get over, but with God on our side, we will get through. There may be pains that you face that you may not get over, right? Beth and Inc. has not gotten over the loss of their daughter. I mean, that's, she still remembers that. She still loves her daughter and misses her every single day. But with her testimony, God got her through it. God got her through it and healed the pain that was there and is in the process of still healing that. It may start out as getting through a moment or maybe just a day. Then it may continue to go through a tough week or a month. Yet we are instructed to continue to praise him. Life will serve you bitterness and difficulties at the times, but continue to praise. Like it said in verse 1, I will con constantly speak his praises. So what is our choice in this? We are to take God at his word. We are to trust in him. We are to believe his word. We're going to close out with just four more quick points. Our response in the mending and the second win process. Because we're, we're ready for the second win. We've dealt with the brokenness. We, we've recognized that it's there, that it will be mending and second win. We may be in the middle of it now. But here's our response in the middle of this mending and second win process. Verse 4 in Psalm 34. David said, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Our responsibility is to seek him. Verse six, in my desperation, I cry, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. Secondly, we are to cry out to him and to pray like immediately. Cry out to him and pray. Verse eight, taste and see that the Lord is good. All the joys of those who take refuge in him. Third, we are to trust him in the middle of the process. We don't feel like trusting a whole lot, right? Have you been there? You're like, oh. But the more you do it, the more bring God brings you through a situation, the more and more you will be able to trust. But make a determination, even now, before it happens, I will trust God. Because here's what I have found in my life. God is good all the time. God is good. He is good in good times and in bad times. He is good in plenty and he is good in lack. Nothing changes God's goodness. He is good. As we're closing out this morning, I want you to just take a few moments to reflect. Luke's going to even self. Lisa's going to come up and play just a little bit. Um, because I want us to have a time of just maybe even self. I say self-reflection, really reflecting on God, but just by ourselves, reflecting in on the Lord. Verse 7 in Psalm 34 says this, For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Fear the Lord, you, God, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. This fourth point, fear God. Not this whole idea of we're scared of him, but fear. He is worthy to be praised. He is a big God. He can take it all. He can take care of it all. Any situation, he is big, he is mighty, he is holy. I fear him. 
for who He is. He is good. He is holy and worthy of honor.